Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table. I started this show five and a half years ago so that I would have access to interesting people from a variety of areas who are doing cool things in business because I know one thing is true, and that is success leaves clues. And if you can get a chance to sit down and talk to somebody who's had success for about a half hour, twice a week, can't help it. They have to leave a nugget, an idea, a theory, some sort of inspiration behind. And I think today's show is going to be one of those shows. Today, I have someone who's sort of a little bit of a celebrity. Some of you will know who he is. Some of you won't. Some of you will have opinions about uh, this person. Some of you, some of those will be positive. Uh, Others, maybe not as much. But I have here with me today, Tucker Max. Now, Tucker is, you know, an author and an entrepreneur, and he does a lot of really cool things now. But I want to go backwards. I first heard of Tucker Max when I was the director of marketing for Austin and Dallas for a large, what's called Amlaw 100 law firm. Uh, I was working with a team of about, I don't know, well, in fact, it might have even been before that, but I was calling on lawyers. I was in the law firm world and uh, an email got circulated around and this was still the early days of email. There was no social media as we know it. And this young law clerk decided to write about all the bullshit that was taking place inside the firm where he was a summer clerk. And it was very well written. It was very funny. He clearly threw a lot of people under the bus. And I don't know if he knew this would happen or not, but it was a viral email. Everyone who had ever worked in and around big law decided to forward it to everybody they had ever met in their life. And within about 24 hours, the name Tucker Max was well known in the law firm world. Guess what? He didn't get an offer from that law firm to go work there, uh, which isn't surprising. And maybe I'll find that uh, letter online and link it in the show notes page because it's worth a read. And I bet it holds up even today for all the crazy stuff that takes place for people who are law students clerking in a law firm. Anyway, today he owns a couple of companies. He lives in Austin, Texas now, uh, is a pretty powerful entrepreneur, and I think he's got a good mind for business. So I thought, Tucker, will you come on my show? And he said yes. So welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for having me, man. So Tucker, let's back up to that letter. What was that? Re- what was the real story behind that? Tell everybody in a little bit better way than I did. Yeah, so it, it, it's all actually in my book. I hope they serve beer and hell. I kind of told the story, but basically... Um, I, uh, I was working at Fenwick and West, which is, uh, you know, a big law firm in Silicon Valley. And, 
I wasn't doing anything. I thought that was, that was that unusual. I just hated my life at the time. I hated being a lawyer. I hated all that, but I wasn't like anywhere near emotionally wise enough or mature enough to admit that to myself or to do anything about it. So what I did was I did what every 25 year old would do in the situation. Uh, immature 25 year old, I would get really drunk and act like an idiot and just kind of let the situation take care of itself. And And so, um, the email was not why I got fired, which is the best part. Everyone thinks it was. The email was about, we were at a charity, like there was a, a law firm event. All the partners, like whatever it was, 400 partners or something, and all of their wives or husbands. And it was like, and all the associates. And like, uh, so it was a huge event. It was at Silverado Ranch in Napa, like massive place. And I, I literally uh, stormed the stage and took the mic from the auctioneer and like, cause uh, someone was bidding against me for something I wanted to win. I started yelling at them and telling them not to bid that like, if I didn't win this, I wasn't going to get an offer and all this like funny stuff. It was actually really funny. Like the managing partner came up to me afterwards and thought it was funny. Um, I was now yeah, I was double fisting bottles of wine. I was like a mess and whatever. And, uh, that I didn't get fired. That was what the email was about. Uh, I got, I, I wrote that email on Monday and I was fired Wednesday but I was fired because something happened the, the Thursday before the <laughs> senior female, uh, uh, like the senior female partner and copywriter, whatever trademark or something in the firm had propositioned me and I turned her down. And then I told everyone, <laughs> right? which is like, if I'd slept with her, I would have been bulletproof. If I had just shut up, I'd have been fine. But I did the worst combination of things possible. And so that's actually why I got fired, which <laughs> listen, I don't blame them. I would have fired me too. If I was running a law firm, you don't want people like me in law firm. No, 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 not at all. So the one thing, and like I said, I've never met you before, but the one thing I've always thought is after that went viral, people knew who you were. You did the thing that entrepreneurs need to do. And like I said, you kind of became a controversial figure. A lot of people thought you were just kind of an ass and all this stuff. And I don't know you, I'm not going to judge you, but I will say you did the thing that entrepreneurs need to do. And that is you saw an opportunity and you ran with it because very soon you started writing, you created your website, you created a blog, you turned in writing about this, I don't know if it was really you or it was a persona of this drunk asshole 25 year old and you turned it into a business and yeah. all of a sudden you became a brand and you know, you did so in a way that now I think the entire generation of 25 year olds now is trying to recreate, you know, 20 years later or however long it's been. But I think that uh, you were the, one of the first people to the game of I am a brand for being a spectacle. Yeah, no, I was uh, absolutely the thing. I, so it, um, it's funny, man, like uh, <clears throat> and, the, and when I was doing it, I had no long term uh, vision. It was just like. I was just playing by the seat of my pants and like the thing that I got wrong though, man, it not got wrong. It was like the thing I didn't get about this is that if you're going to turn yourself into a brand, um, it seems sexy from the outside, but if you actually have a soul, it's the worst. It's terrible. So unless who you are as your brand is entirely consistent with who you want to be the rest of your life. Because like once you become the brand, then no one will let you change. No one. Cause all of your fans expect you to be who you are uh, or who they expect you to be. You're an object to them. Right. 
And so I started writing about who I was. It was absolutely authentic. Uh, that was who I was. It was not a persona. I wasn't a good enough writer to create a character, man. I just <laughs> like wrote about what I did, right? That's it. And it was exactly what I did from like 25 to like 31. And then I got to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was boring. And my fans like, no, wrong. Screw you. You, you have to be drunk under a table at 11 AM. And it's like, no, I don't. And, and, but it was, the weird thing about it too, is that I, part of it I liked, I mean, as a dude, it's awesome that women come to you and want to hook up with you. And it's awesome that you get paid to do things that other people have to do in their spare time and pay to do and blah, blah, blah. But like, um, no, man, I, I, I ended up hating it and then retiring, not from the writing. I like writing, but from, from the persona, from the Tucker Max persona, I had to like retire, whatever it's called. I had to literally at the end of my fourth book, write a retirement and say, I'm done with this. Leave me alone. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Well, it's interesting because no matter what, even if it's not like some, you know, persona or true or not that's just negative or whatever no matter who you are when you make changes in your life the people around you even some of the ones closest with you don't allow you to change and i can see your point about like oh you have fans who are expecting that type of entertainment but it's true for people in business as well you know if they see if, if the people who you work with or your customers or whatever people like to put other human beings in a box that's a certain dimension in blue and then put it on the shelf and when you emerge with some sort of a, a discovery about yourself or awakening or hell we're human beings we should be learning all the time and you learn something new or a new skill or a new way to behave, people don't want to let you do that. And I find it interesting that I would imagine to this day, I mean, how, how long has it been since you retired from your fratire world? Almost 10 years, so, nine but, years. But a decade later, when people say Tucker Max, there's a large portion of people who just think drunk, spoiled, frat guy under the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Which is, in some ways, is good because the bar for me is so low. <laughs> they meet me and they're like, you're smart and nice. I thought you would be an asshole and so, stupid. So and that so is actually like, very funny. I told another podcaster friend of mine I was going to interview you and they said, oh, that's not good for your brand. And I'm like, what is my brand? Right. I'm not famous, whatever. And they go, no, he's he's this egotistical, sexist, misogynist dick. You shouldn't have him on your show. And I said, you see, he lives in Austin and I have people who know him and apparently he's married with children. And so I, I think that the whole idea of having in the show is is that people do change so you know what is your life today uh so it, it's funny you said, definitely married three kids all under six um which so, with wait, coronavirus wait. is super fun to have right yeah because everybody's home hey daddy's sequestered <laughs> daddy's quarantined in the library Dude, I have to be in the guest house, man, because like they're like uh they're little hellions so, so, uh, you know, so do, you, do you have boys or girls uh, two boys and a girl. Yeah. So see, um, everybody, everybody listening would say Tucker and Rex deserve to have a daughter. <laughs> I think we're going to have at least one more. So I might have two daughters. There you go. Uh, uh, my daughter is amazing. She's just like my wife. It's so funny. She is a little mini version of my wife. <laughs> uh, uh, she's great. But no, it's funny. Like I used to, I, I, my life now is like awesome uh, in the, but only in the most boring ways. Right. Like, uh, I go to bed. I'm asleep by 10 o'clock at the latest, usually nine 30 or nine. And I'm waking up at six or six 30. Like that's the inverse. You know, I used to like start drinking at nine. So I'm interviewing bed at six. I'm interviewing the anti Tucker max. 
right, this is the opposite. It's it's hilarious that like the idea of going out at like eight o'clock to drink beers with people is like oh god, and then I'll be bloated the next day and sore and like give go uh, leave me alone. <laughs> no, I want to like I. I know I'm like a weirdo because I, I don't actually just love my family. I also like them. Yeah. And so like I enjoy going on a walk with my kids, which again, at 28 would have been inconceivable to me that at 44, I'm going to look forward to spending two hours walking around in the woods with little children. You know? so, <laughs> like, come on. So what do you think led to the transformation? I think it's pretty normal growth, man. You know, like, there's not a whole lot beyond that. Like my story is very, the specifics of my story are very interesting, but the overarching story is the human story, man. Like the real, I didn't do anything different than any, most do, men and women don't do in their twenties, right? They go except out to extreme, drink. except to the extremes. Well, yeah. well, to the extremes for some people, like among my group of friends, I was pretty average, dude. I was not the crazy one. I was just the one who wrote it down. Right. And it, like that was a big part of like my fame is that there were like the people who were like, oh, yeah, he's just like me and my friends. And which was like maybe 20 percent of the my fans, 30 percent. A much bigger group were the people who for whom I was like an aspirational party god. And I was like, where do you people hang out that I'm the aspirate? It was a total mind-blowing shock to me that the normal stuff my friends and I and we weren't even that abnormal in you know where, where we uh, went to college and law school all that stuff there are other people like how do you do this and I'm like what do you mean how do I do this this is super normal it's just the beginning of the internet stuff man where everyone like talks about their life and it's mind-blowing to so many other people who can't conceive of anything except their own reality you so know? so let's talk about the entrepreneurial side of this then because the show is called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, not Cool Things Ex-Frat Boys Who Were in Law School Drinking Too Much Do. Um, was it by luck or real strategy? Because you were one of the first, you weren't the first, but you were one of the first people to capitalize on this internet celebrity fame for being a debacle. Was it, I see this opening and I'm going to go for it or were you just playing and all of a sudden it all happened? So uh, it's, it's actually a combination. Everything positive that's happened in my life in terms of business or that kind of stuff has all started as blind ass stumbling luck that came from playing, but succeeded because I picked up the ball and ran with it and worked my ass off, right? It's actually easy to get lucky. It's easy to get lucky. I, like, I, all you have to do is play a bunch or take a bunch of shots or, or try a bunch of things and you will find opportunity every single time. What most people or see opportunity, man, I know so many people who have called so many business things or, or movements or whatever. I'm like, cool. Did you start in those businesses? Like, no, but I knew it was coming. It's like, well, it didn't do any good. <laughs> Does it, right? <laughs> I, I'm just the one who picked I, 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 all my book events, thousands of people would show up and like, 30% would be like, oh, my friends and I do the same stuff. I could have done that. I'm like, okay, why didn't you write about it then? It's like the guy who got famous for crazy shit my dad says, or I'm messing that up. But Justin Halpern. Yeah. yeah. Shit my dad says. Shit my dad says. I mean, we, we, we all, well, a lot of us had, I had an older dad and he said stuff all the time. And it was like, I just never saw how to turn that into, I didn't see it. I didn't do it. And if I had exactly. seen it, I wouldn't have done what he did. Exactly. So, so uh, every and uh, like we talk, my, the the pattern is always the same. 
I do things that I find fun and interesting and engaging. And then when people keep giving me money to do them, uh, when the market pulls the business out of you, then you should run with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, it happened with writing. It happened with scribe, my current business. And every time I try and force something, it doesn't work. Every time I just go out and have fun and then pay attention when money gets thrown at me, it becomes a massive business. Well, it is interesting because so many people try to capitalize on things just because they think they can capitalize on it. I mean, right now we're dealing with all this stuff around coronavirus, and I actually want to release a video that says – I, you know, I'm, I'm a real big person. I believe in personal connection. I believe we should have a cup of coffee with people. We should get back to the basics. And that's what I teach. That's what I speak about is sort of how do we connect with people in a gadget crazy world? And, but one of the things I want to release a video that says, look, I need my friends. I need my acquaintances and people. I need people to reach out to me because my business has evaporated for the time being. You know, I don't need a newsletter with the title, how to deal with coronavirus in your business. Because in the last 48 hours, had I not hit delete on all of them, I should have started a file and just sent everything that said coronavirus. And I probably would have filled up my inbox. There's so many emails and it's like, I I don't need a blanket email, but everyone's trying to capitalize on it. Whereas the stuff you did wasn't like, Ooh, we'll just capitalize on it. Like you said, there was a thing it was going. Then you found your lane and you ran with it. And is that what entrepreneurship's about? Well, at its core, entrepreneurship is about, uh, solving people's problems, right? Or, or giving them something that they want, helping them either because they are different and people say they're the same that they're not either solving a problem. Like right now, um, I have a, the world has a big problem with coronavirus. So if you can come up with a cure or a test or whatever, that's solving a problem and you'll be real wealthy and you'll deserve every dollar. Whereas creating a transformation or a change people want is different, right? So like everyone wants to be skinnier and better looking, that's a transformation, not necessarily a problem, right? And so, but the point is, uh, the whole point of entrepreneurship is to help people get what they want, whether it's solving a problem or getting something, becoming something they want to be. That's your only job is helping people get what they want, right? And so, for even as a, a, a writer, I'm it's entertainment, escapism, laughter, voyeurism, whatever, right? right. I'm giving them what they want. Um, you know, uh, go down the list. And so many people lose sight of that because they get caught in the status games or the I'm supposed to and should have games or the money, right? Money is just a function of value creation unless you're in politics, which is different. We're talking about people who create value here. <laughs> Amen. Right? And, uh, right. and so, so if you really keep that in your head, my only job is to create value for people, to give them something they want or help them accomplish something that they want to achieve. Everything else almost always comes pretty easily after that. So Tucker, I, I created this show because, you know, I, as a solopreneur, I work for myself. I'm a, I'm a professional speaker and trainer, master ceremonies, but it's just me. And one of the problems I found was that sometimes you can live in a bubble unto yourself. So I created this show so that I could ask smart people questions about what advice do you have for entrepreneurs, whether it's a solo guy like me or someone who wants to scale something? So when you look at this entrepreneurosphere, this world of entrepreneurship, people who want to go do their own thing, whatever that is, what advice do you have for them? Um, man, it really depends. So, uh, but if we're just talking generally, uh, it, it, the, the first question is why, right? And, and because... 
I'm a big believer. I think we're, we're really cha- the world is changing a lot right now, right? And so we, we're coming out of a world, our parents especially, and grandparents, of a world that was a massive set of bureauc- interlock- interlocking bureaucracies, state, corporations, uh, religion, right? And I think that our generation saw those really kind of shattered. And, and so uh, individual entrepreneurs and whatever, there's all these companies starting. But I think we're actually, the pendulum is going to swing back, but not to what used to be. It's going to swing to something else. And I think, uh, I'm going to answer your question, I promise. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I, I think that when most people say they want to be an entrepreneur, what they actually mean um, is that they want to have, they want to be, they want, they want to have autonomy in their life. They want to focus on things they love and they want to do things that matter. Right. Because most people don't actually understand starting and running a business is fucking terrible. It's so hard. And most people don't want to do that. Right. And so I actually think the future is going to be ruled by those entrepreneurs who understand when I say that the purpose of a business is to create value for people, I don't just mean the customer. I mean, every stakeholder in that business, right? So investors, if they exist, uh, uh, employees and customers, right? And, uh, and you've got to create investors are a little different. But you got to create as much value for employees as you do for um, customers, right? And I don't even, we don't use the word employee in our, in our uh, company. We don't use it because I don't believe in the idea that people work for me. They work with me, right? And that we are partners. We call ourselves a tribe. We work together. Like there's no managers in our company. There's direct reports and direct supports. And the man, like what, what most people call managers, direct support. And so when most people say they want to be an entrepreneur, um, I would just really, really understand why. Do you want to actually start a new company, right? Because you see a hole in a market or you have a service that no one else has or whatever. Or do you want to create a life with more purpose because and more, and more autonomy and more uh, mastery? Because if you do, you might be better off jo- finding a great company that already has that stuff and then joining them, Right. And not even joining as like, oh, I have to just go work for somebody, partner with them. My company right now, we have an essentially an infinite amount of gro- a potential growth in front of us. And we're limited by how many great people we can either hire or partner with. Um, because hiring is a form of partnering. They're the same thing, really. And we're going to that world. And so like, I would really drill down as a person on what you want to accomplish with entrepreneurship and then see if that's actually the right path for you. Because if it is, it's really great. If it's not, then you're better off coming to work with a company with, with me at a company like mine, mm-hmm. um, the one I own, because do we have, I would say half of our people who work at our company were either uh, freelance solopreneurs or actually had their own companies, very small usually. They love working with us. Well, it's funny because a lot of my peers, you know, I talk to, they say, oh, I'm unemployable. My joke always is, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'll always work for myself, if I'll work for somebody else. And the flip side is, it's not that I'm unemployable. If I ever work for somebody else, I would hug my boss every day. Because what I've learned the last 11 years of, of working for myself and with myself is there's a lot of bullshit that's involved. You're right. You, you hit it right on the thing. And if I worked for somebody else who like they took care of part of the bullshit, I'd just hug them when I left the office. 
Dude, seriously, man. Like, yeah, okay, I'll give you a great example. So I started my company, right? Um, I was the CEO. I had 75% of the equity, co-founder at 25%. Right now, I own 37.5%. The reason is because we haven't raised a dime either. So it's all fully privately held. The reason is because I hired the most badass CEO of all time, JT McCormick, and I realized to keep him, he needed a lot and he deserved a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was fine with that because I, I get to stay home with my kids and I'm not like a, I don't watch them all day. That's someone else's job. But I get to spend <laughs> a lot of time with my kids and family. I only spend my time doing the things I love. And our company has grown 20x since he joined in four years ago. 20x, right? So do you want a third of a massive pie or two thirds of a really tiny pie? It's an easy answer. I if go you, massive if it's pie. It's not ego sure. based. Uh, right. Absolutely, I'm 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 coming to work for Scribe tomorrow. I think after this conversation. Um, so I've got more questions, and I want to talk about your company. But first. I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Hey, they set you up with the right equipment, training, and the guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Tucker Max. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things. Check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Tucker, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I know a little bit about your company. I think it's cool. Can you tell us what Scribe is about and what you're doing? Yeah, so we help people write, publish, and market their books, right? So long, long story short, an entrepreneur I met at a dinner was like, how do I, people would ask me to write a book for a decade. How do I do it? I'm like, well, you have to learn how to be a writer. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. I have a family and a company. And so she kind of called me out. She's like, either help me solve my problem or don't be an entrepreneur dinner. And so like, uh, no, seriously, it was because I was like lecturing her about hard work. She's like, I don't want to hear your snobby writer bullshit. And so I I realized it took me a while because I'm slow, but I realized, oh, this is a solved problem. Scribes have been doing this for 2000 years. Right. And like, she didn't want a ghostwriter. It wasn't write the book for me and put my name on it. You know, uh, it wasn't that it was my ideas, my words, my voice. And I I realized there was no high end company in the market that did this. No one really, all the self-publishing sort of service companies were all garbage. And so it was like, okay, I kind of created the service. She loved it. She started referring a bunch of people to us, blah, 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 blah. Five years later, we've done, you know, almost 40 million in sales and published like 1500 books. And we've worked with a ton of huge people like David Goggins and Tiffany Haddish and all those, uh, those types, Joey Coleman, Todd Herman, um, bunch of best-selling authors. Uh, yeah. So now we're like the premier company to go to. If you, if you want help writing, publishing, or marketing your book, we're kind of the best. Awesome. So who are your ideal customers? People like you, honestly. People who, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, high-level business owners, uh, high-level like solopreneur, coach, consultant, people who are, but you got to be making, you know, our, our, to work with us, it's usually about ten dollars to $100,000, depending on which package or whatever. So you've got to be making good money. Um, uh, and a book is an investment for you, an investment yourself and your career to leverage, you know, kind of all your knowledge and wisdom to help bring in clients, raise your status, credibility to get you on stages, not, not for you, but people like you who want to start speaking a book's kind of the best way. And so, um, 
like all of those sorts of people. Awesome. So we could talk about you and about Scribe all day long. I, I found it delightful to, to kind of hear your whole story and, and, and to get the new and improved Tucker Max. I, I, don't, I don't know that we would have gotten along 15 years ago, but uh, I, I think that all is good in today's world. I was probably at a different stage. I'm quite a bit old. Well, quite a bit. I'm 10 years older than you are. So when, when you were living the, the, the early days of TuckerMax.com, I was the one who was married with my kids who just wanted to spend time with my kids. Who was like, what is that guy? Uh, but seriously, I could talk about it all day long. However... I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I like to ask the people who come on the show, as you look out into the entrepreneur sphere, who do you think, yep, she or he, they're doing something cool? Oh, man, I know so many. Um, Like, uh, who do I pay attention to right now who's an entrepreneur? Um, All right, uh, so... Do you know who Naval Ravikant is? Have you had someone say him before? I have not. This okay. is the first. All right, Explain. Good. Tell us. Yeah, because because uh, I like he's huge in certain areas and no one knows about him in other areas, sure. right? And so uh, so Naval Ravikant is uh, he started AngelList, which is kind of like the company that's very much disrupting um, VCs and kind of the it, the way uh, investing used to be was really kind of scammy. And Naval got screwed a couple times, and so he created a company that was fair and amazing and unlocked all this value. But he's like, he's really wise. He's a really smart guy. Um, He's like, imagine if Gary Vaynerchuk, instead of being obsessed with hustle porn, was like Buddhist and emotionally stable. That would be like Naval. (laughs) And and didn't say the F word every 14 seconds. Right, right. That'd be Naval. And so um, uh, he's like, I follow Naval on Twitter. I know him pretty well. He's a really smart, wise guy. And I like the way that he approaches things and thinks about things. Um, he's just one of a million I could think about, oh, sure. but he popped in mind. No, that's 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 a great answer. The last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because my philosophy is if we're fortunate, I'm fortunate, we got to find some way to serve humanity. And there's all different kinds of ways to do it. So so what does Tucker Max do? All right. So I, I know this is going to sound so arrogant and pompous, but I, I have to, like, this I, is I just can't the wait. No, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. This is, okay. this is going to get me emails. I can tell. Okay. So, um, uh, the Buddha said, uh, 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 do your work, then help others with theirs. Right. And so uh, I'm a big believer in the idea that, um, Changing the world is not possible, but you can change yourself. And by changing yourself, you can impact the world, whether it's small or huge. That's the only path. And that most people trying to quote, change the world have all kinds of emotional problems and they're just projecting them out into the world. Right. And so the thing I spend the most time doing that I think is actually the most impactful in the world or gives back or whatever is I, I spend a lot of time doing my work, emotional work and all therapy, all that kind of stuff. And then I just talk about what I go through, right? I don't tell other people what they should do because that's total bullshit. That's just me projecting my stuff on others. But um, it's sort of like the, uh, I'm not Buddhist, I swear. I just, I was reading some stuff and so it's all in my head. Like Buddha said, um, uh, I can point the way, but don't mistake my arm for the way. So I don't tell people what to do. I don't tell people what they should do. I just tell people what I did. And what worked for me. And so there's enough people that are like me that what I say about me helps them reflect on themselves and find their own path. And so uh, like every day on Twitter and Facebook, I just literally, I post one lesson I learned 
And it wasn't even necessarily that day. It would just be because like, I used to say this stuff. You know, I, I coach a lot of people in my company with various things. And I say something, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, everybody knows X. And they look at me like, nobody knows X. Like, that's amazing. And I'm like, oh, come on. Everyone knows that. Like, no. So I just started writing those things down. Whenever someone was like, no, uh, not everyone knows that, I would write it down. And I have this long list of things. So I just start posting them and they do. They help a lot of other people. But it's not, I'm not trying to like, oh, uh, look at how, I'm not trying to status signal how fancy my altruism is. That's all bullshit. I hate that. Uh, I, I just like do my work and then share what parts of my work with, uh, I share it with other people. And then if it helps them also. So if we could go back in time to 23 year old Tucker Max and say, Tucker Max is going to lead by being a role model. What would he have said? He wouldn't have even understood what he was just like, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Get out of here. Are you paying for the next picture? Yeah, right. Seriously, get some beer. Stop talking to me. That's what he would say. <laughs> well, Tucker, thanks so much for coming on the show. Any last uh, words of advice for the cool things entrepreneurs do audience? Um, no, man. I, 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 the, the key lesson that I cannot get out of my head uh, uh, as an entrepreneur is just always come back to what value are you creating, not just for the people who pay you, but the people that you pay. I think that's great. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be here on the show. Uh, I do this twice a week, so everybody who's listening uh, will be back with an interview with somebody just as cool as Tucker Max in a couple of weeks. And 25-year-old Tucker Max would have said, that's impossible. Uh, but how do people find you? If they need to know more, where do they find you? Where do they find Scribe? Um, uh, so ScribeWriting.com is my company site. For me, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, all the normal places. All Tucker Max. Yep. yep. All Tucker Max. Perfect. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. I, I really do believe that when I get people who are doing cool things on, somebody listening will get that nugget, that inspiration, that theory, uh, that just peace of, of mind that they need to go forth and do something. So thank you for sharing. And thank you for everybody who tuned in. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, there would be no show. And the audience keeps growing a little bit. We had a little plateau last year, but in uh, 2020, we're getting more listeners. And so please do me a favor. Tell somebody because everyone I talk to says they found the show because someone they knew recommended it so i can tweet about it all day long people are finding it by word of mouth so go tell a friend hey uh we're gonna be back in a couple of days with that next interview but in the meantime check out do you have that entrepreneurial spirit is your ladder against the right wall go out and try something new and while you're at it have a great day Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.